Welcome to the Fem Nation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation podcast, everyone. Today, I get to interview Christina Etheridge with Leads and Leverage, who is a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Thank you for being on, Christina. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So let's start with the main number one question. How did your entrepreneurial journey begin? So, you, you know, you asked me that question pre-record and I was like, well, it really started when I was like five and I wanted to sell stuff. And I found that I actually wanted to make money. Um, and I found it was really, really easy to sell stuff. So I started with the typical buy a pack of gum, break it up, sell it for the little quarters of each piece. Um, then I got into, you know, making, um, Barbie furniture with my dad in his shop and selling the Barbie furniture, you know, out of wood and stuff like anything I did. And this is still the case, but anything I do, I'm like, Ooh, I can make money with this. Yes. So I, I think um, I was born with it. Like it's a gene. It's a mutation. It's a <laughs> genetic mutation. Um, I was born with it. I, I have to ask, was the Barbie furniture made out of balsa wood by chance? I have no idea. Oh. I was like seven or eight or not. I mean, I remember my elementary school years. <laughs> I think, I, you know, now that you say, it, I think I had a stent making Barbie furniture at one point in time too. But it was out of this really like really light airy balsa wood. So I was like, wait, was it balsa wood? But yeah. anyways, anyways, yeah, it was. You know, and I it really stemmed from we, it really did stem from at the time I wanted a Barbie house, I wanted Barbie furniture, and I wanted all this stuff. But uh, my my parents couldn't afford it. But yes. my dad was a woodworker. And he's like, well, here, you can make it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I would make it. So it, as with all things, it always stems from a gap or something that you can't get the normal means yes. and you look for another way. So how does that translate yeah. into your business now? How did, how did that morph <laughs> into what you do? Because so much of that is yeah. the component of being an entrepreneur. It is. It, you know, it, I mean, I've done a lot of things through the years, but even now you sometimes you just find accidental gaps in things. Um, I was doing one thing a couple years ago and a good friend of mine was like, you know, you really have a strength here and you have this here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's just, that's what I normally do. That's my normal thing. That's part of me. And you, in a sense, you invalidate it. Even, even though you're this entrepreneur and you can, you just don't think it's a gap because it was never a gap for you. Right. Um, and so I think that's where that this, this new direction that I've taken, that's where my, my disconnect has been. Everything before that I've done has been easy to see. There's a gap. I can fill it. Mm. This one, it's like, I just didn't, it was so much a part of me. I didn't realize there was a gap there. And oh boy, is there a gap there? So it's, 
Yeah. And I know, I know what you do is, and we'll dive into yeah. that in a minute, but how did you identify being able to step into offering a service or a product? Um, however you, you, uh, dice set up, it could be product as in a course, a membership, it could be a, a tangible product. Um, it could be a service that you help your clients actually get, you know, get the, uh, the win that they need. But my question is, is how did you identify with everything else being identifiable? How did you then identify this one in the gap that you didn't see as easily? Well, I had someone speak into my life Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, like I said, it was, it was somebody that she was sharing something that was wrong and, or something that she lamented or something that she missed or, and I was like, huh, well, this is what I'm getting. This is what I'm doing. And it was so outside the norms, the average in in a good way that she was just like, she also is an entrepreneur. So she saw, she's like, girl, you have got to reverse engineer this and do that. Mm -hmm. But this has also worked we're in the middle of launching. This is another business, but we're in the middle of launching a product for something else, a brand new business. And, you know, we're launching it because there's a gap, right? Like there, there are people, there are all kinds of things that look the same and sound the same, but they don't quite meet the need that we have. Um, so that's, it's, it's, it, I, I, that gap is like a prevalent word, but it, it really feels like when there's not something there to fill that need or want or desire. Sure. So how would you identify then? How do you, so not how would you, but let me rephrase that. How then have you learned to identify your client that is in need of that situation in need of that scenario or need of the gap that you're filling? I figured out very succinctly what I'm going to help with or how I'm going to help or what I'm going to do. And then I just started putting it out there to see how people responded to it. Did, was this something that people went, oh yeah, I need that. And who were those people that were doing it? Were there people, were they the people I actually wanted to work with? Or was my, I guess you call it messaging. It's messaging, but it's clarity on who I am and what I'm helping do. Um, because in, in mine, everybody's doing every, it seems like everybody is in some realm of what I do. Mm -hmm. However, where I actually work is a tiny little niche piece of it. Um, and that's what I wanted to help with. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to start putting this out there and see what people say, how they respond to it. And it was overwhelming. So it's kind of, it's same, same thing with our, the, 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 we're launching a subscription box, which is a completely different, completely different realm. Um, but again, the same thing, I'm just putting it out there and we're getting this feedback. Yeah, it's not out there. Nobody. And I'm, mm. so that's, that's really how, you, how I kind of start is just kind of look and see what the need is, but you got to put it out in a way that people can immediately in a split second self-qualify themselves. Yep. Yeah, that's me. Nope. That's not me. Have you you been in, in a position where you knew that the, that what you could fill that gap with was super relevant, but then you just had to tweak it a little bit to find those that responded. Yeah, that was my, our, our last business that we're just in the process of shutting down. I, I knew no one was out there doing what I was doing. I knew nobody was helping in the way I was helping. I knew people weren't getting the results, but I still through the whole business time period, it was about six years. I still struggled with getting that messaging just on point that it was fast, succinct, and super easy um, that people could immediately resonate with it and 
know that I stood out differently. Mm -hmm. That was the big thing. I was like, it's just, you know, a red ocean, blue ocean. It was just, it was a lot of red ocean and I wasn't standing out because I, I thought I had the clarity. Um, but this is totally different. I mean, there's a red ocean out there, but I am in a blue ocean in the realm that I'm at. I am sure people are going to copy it. The minute that really starts getting out there, people will start copying, but they don't know how to do the same thing I do. So, right. so not worried about it. what is it that you do? Do you share? Oh yeah. I help entrepreneurs <laughs> double their email open rates. Which is and huge. I mean. Huge. It's, yeah, but it's a succinct, I mean, it's, it's a tiny little, if you think about it, Yep. In the world of email marketing, it's a tiny little piece. Well, it's a huge piece. It's a it's it's the pivot, but it is a small piece of email marketing as a whole. But it's hugely needed. It is, yes. And 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 that verbiage and that message, I mean, that's what I just started. I was like, well, really, I just want to work with people. My friend who spoke in my life, she's like, what do you really want to do? I said, I just want to help people increase their open rates. And she's like, there you go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> There I am. <laughs> right in and front of your like, own face. <laughs> yes. Cause I'm like, I don't want to help them, you know, learn how to create a lead magnet or learn how the, which product to pick or how to build a list. Now there are people asking me that now, but that's not what I do. Right. So, I mean, that's not where my passion is. My passion is taking existing lists and helping people reach those people more. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. So it was just funny. That's like, Oh, okay. That's what I do. It's super simple. I'll use it. And it's almost like it's, it's so simple that you didn't see it. You're trying to make it harder. I mean, that, and that's, that's exactly. spoken to all over, all yeah. over the world right now. Uh, so let me ask you this, being a kind of a serial entrepreneur, having figured this out a few times over, how did you not step back into accidentally even step back into trying to do all the things? So like you can do this and this is what you're, you've moved into uh, for your business. But then all of a sudden someone comes along to you and it's just like 10 degrees off from that. They're like, but can't you help me? Cause I know you could do that. How do you yeah. make that distinction? You know, the best thing my most recent business did for me was to really bring clarity, bring clarity to me around how I serve mm. and saying no to everything else. And that was, that was the big thing. It was like, Oh, okay. Cause I, I used to help real estate agents, sell more houses using Facebook not as standing out as, as the other, but, um, I knew that number one in that realm, I was struggling with who I was working with because I still had to sell them on the idea of using Facebook mm -hmm. amongst all the other noise. Well, I don't have to do that with entrepreneurs who already have an email list. They already have it. Right. Um, but it was also, you know, going through that previous business, that really helped me realize that because I had, I'd done everything. I, I had a very successful real estate business prior to that, um, sold more houses than most people in the country. So I knew a lot. I knew a lot about all marketing. That's my whole background. I could help them in all those areas, but I learned that it muddied the message. People didn't get results because I was trying to show them how to do 20 years of business in a membership or in a course or in a, a short, mm. succinct time. And I'm like, Christina, this took you 20 years plus college, plus this, plus these other businesses, how can you expect them to even begin to know where to start or do this? So I was, it was too much. It, it was just way too much for them. Even though I have it in me to help and do it, it was too much. And so that, that business helped me. So now I know I am focusing on this or our membership that I, the membership that I have is very specifically on what do I say? 
what do I put in my emails? And so having that clarity around that's what we provide in here, really like it takes some list building off the, off the shelf. It takes all this other stuff. So it's knowing exactly what that one product or service is going to do and staying true to it. It's empowering. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the, how do you define success either, either or in your current business or in general for being an entrepreneur? Oh yeah, that's so, there's so many things, but you know, on the, on the, the top end is how many people can I help get a result for? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my biggest, like how many people, um, can I affect in whatever way? Um, whether it's through their business where it's through their mindset, whether it's through whatever, um, obviously the money, I mean, like, because I do this, I mean, there, there is a reward, which is right. financial. Yes. I want to pay for my kids college. I want to, you know, have a house go on vacation, you know, not have to struggle with the financial part. Mm-hmm. That's a big fat duh. But there's no reward after your shelter and foods met. Right. Like finan- fin- money does only gives you that reward up to a point. Um, and so then you've got to find that somewhere else. And so it's really in, it is in what are the results they're getting? How many other lives are changed? How many businesses are changed? Are they, um, op- for me now, I'm seeing people increase their email open rates and getting excited and re-energized about how they're engaging with their people. That's enough of a win for me. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to see if they doubled their business or not. Mm-hmm. And I can... Yeah. And I can, I can completely say from a client perspective, not that I'm your client, but, but as if being a client from the perspective of having an email open rate, because even with my podcasts, I'm fine tuning what that looks like on how I put that out in the world. There's 500 different ways to do that. I'm one person. I do have an editing team, but they don't do, you know, they put it on the channels, but it's still my responsibility to put it out. Here's the funniest thing though, that I'm going to validate you, your, what you do to the listeners. Not that I need to validate it to you, the the entrepreneur, (laughs) you know, your stuff. However, what I want to say is that I sent it out to an email list of 172 people. And I checked it an hour later to see what it looked like. And the freaking open rates on seeing that they clicked on it. it. I mean, my open rate at that point was only an hour. So it was only like at 20%. But the thing was, is seeing that they people actually opened the email was so amazing. Whereas mm-hmm. I could put it out on social and I don't know, because I don't know who's seen it. And you can see views on social, but sure. it's not real views. And, but it's, you know, it's funny because it's all about, I mean, in the specifically into that, it's all the different channels and avenues. So in a sense, right now I'm starting a brand new business as I'm going, you know, I've done it multiple times and, and the more you do, the more you, oh yeah, that worked, that didn't, or go back and reassess what worked, what Mm -hmm. really worked to do this. And that's where I'm at now. I literally went through, I was going all the way back to college. Now I am almost 50. I'll be 49 sometime this week. I will be 49 years old. So I, I, I can go back quite a few years and I go back to college. I'm like to the basics that really stood out to me as far as marketing goes and reaching people. Um, you need all the channels. You know, back then it was, it takes six to eight hits before people start recognizing you or start wanting to do your product or whatever. I can't remember the exact rule, the actual uh, exact verbiage, Mm -hmm. but now with social, it's like 17 to 18. Like the data shows people have to see your message on social 17 to 18 times. 
that means you got to be in all the places and you got to be saying the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but it all, you need it all. So I'm, it's been interesting starting a new business now at this age, mm. um, even though I'm kind of transitioning into it, it's just been interesting. I'm much more, um, I'm much more focused. I'm much more not going to try all the things. Um, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> No yeah. worries about it. You know, <laughs> it's like, nope, I know what works. That's what I'm going to do. Have, have you dealt with imposter syndrome before and, or have you dealt with, with it, with this business? And I want to put a correlation to this. Um, and that, so I want to put a caveat on it that the more succinct you get about how you, um, how you position what you offer to your clients, I believe there's a little less of this imposter syndrome that rolls through because you know succinctly what you're doing and yes. you're very pointed at it. So I want to, I want to just tie that in just a little bit, but I want to ask you about that because we've all dealt with it. What has been your experience? So in my previous business where my audience was real estate agents, I did not have imposter syndrome. I, um, I mean, I was, I had a 20 year history as a, a very successful real estate agent. In fact, like most agents sell 10 to 12 houses a year. Our average was no less than 200. I mean, I sold oh over 4,000 houses. So it was, so the comparison is off the charts. Pretty much. I didn't ever come into contact with anybody who had ever done more than me. So in that context, I was like, yeah, I do have knowledge and I do have this and I know it works. I can prove it. And here you go. And it's not in a cocky way. It was a, a confidence that I knew it worked because I had done it over and over and over again, like a surgeon, mm -hmm. the more you do it, mm -hmm. the better you get at it. Um, and so, but stepping into this business and now my, my audience is entrepreneurs and the very first entrepreneurs I started working with privately had businesses two, three, five, ten 10 times the size of any business I had ever owned and ever done had, you know, revenue, big things. So there was an element of, Oh my gosh, who am I? Like, I mean, I know I know this, but look at them. They've pushed through barriers and mindsets that I haven't yet. And that's where I, I did. I struggled with this for a couple months um, on this. And every once in a while, that little, you know, demon pops up on my shoulder. I'm like, no, wait a minute. It doesn't matter how big you are. It's what you can do to help them. And so it's, yeah, I, this is, mm -hmm. the, I have, I, yeah, <laughs> this one was the first one where I was like, whoa, where is that coming from? I wasn't sure. used to it. Did you, did you feel like you had to learn more, research more, take more courses? Um, know all yes, I still feel like that. <laughs> yes, because people will ask me things and I'm like, you know, I never, in all my um, helping with this and doing this, I've never had to use it, but let me just go research it and see what it is. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's legit, maybe it's not. And then not getting lost down the track or path yes. of, of going down that way, even though you know you didn't use that, you didn't do it, this is what works, and this is what you're teaching. That's a danger ah, as how, well. How so, do you, yeah, how do you combat that? Oh, that was hard. Um, that's one where you just can't ever let your message be mixed by someone else. Mm. Can't, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever taken the Clifton Strengths Finder. Um, Not that test. one. I, it's a book and I, I don't have the book right here to tell you the name of it, um, but it's through the Gallup organization. And then it's, it's also a test you can take to tell you your top five strengths. It's not personality. It's like, these are inherent that you are born with and um, pretty much you are the best, you are the expert on it. And I would really suggest going into it. You'd have to pay for it to get a legit, sure. legit one, but I think it's like 30 bucks. It's super cheap. But I took that test earlier this year 
And that test and the results empowered me because I was questioning, I was starting to do some research down some other paths and I was questioning, I'm like, well, really, what do I know? I, I just have this. How did I come to this conclusion? How did I? And my number one strengths finder is strategic. And for strategic, it was like, you see things other people don't. And it's very, it's so much more in depth than what I can explain, but it's, you, you quickly take a whole bunch of incoming and you can see the clear path mm. based on decisions. Other people take longer to reach it or make more mistakes to get to it, but you can quickly see that path. And so when I realized, I was like, oh, oh, I really, that seemed to empower me to have confidence in the, the um, processes that I had learned and eliminated and whatever to create my, my proprietary method. Um, so that was helpful. So as much as you can learn about yourself, that's a huge key in helping empower you. You have to learn about yourself. You have to know about yourself, the good stuff and the bad stuff. You know, what do you tend to fail at? I would, I would venture to say that that's the antithesis to imposter syndrome. Yes. Well, understanding yourself. Yes. Understand, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Having, if you know your strengths and your weaknesses, then you, uh, you can shut the imposter syndrome down to a degree. It will always, it will always rear its ugly head. We're human. We're going to glance at it for a second and then put our brain back on and say, Oh yeah, nope, shut up. Um, but if you know that those that struggle less with imposter syndrome know themselves better. They do. They also realize that there's always somebody who knows more than you. And that's okay. Also, there's also always somebody who knows less than you. Absolutely. Always in everything. Yes. It's just, that's the way it is. And so, but there's one thing that you're not an imposter in yourself. Being you. It's you. And so that's why somebody else could come along. And in fact, I had somebody completely lift my previous um, course and membership and stuff and is now trying to resell it for like thousands of dollars. And, and the issue is number one, he's not me, but number two, the issue is he doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. And it's really funny because it's, it's taken about a year and a half, but it's now it's really starting to show because of all the changes that have happened where we've made modifications on how things work. This stuff's not working because it's the old stuff. It's my old stuff. Right. Like, yeah, it was this kind of, but he, he, he has taken someone else um, and, and tried to copy it and he can do that, but it doesn't resonate and it doesn't hold true. And it's, it's not him. Right. There's an inauthentic, inauthenticity. And that's, what, you know, when we say be authentic, we don't mean you have to say the F word, every other word. It literally means be you hold true your values. Um, you know, keep your passions forefront. Who do you really want to help? How do you really want to help them? that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask the question because I'm sure the listeners are going to think of it too. If you had a successful business doing something you loved doing for years and was very good at it, what was the, what was the catalyst for change? So are you talking from real estate initially into, yeah. So, um, well, 20 years and we had brokerage and everything. We actually had some personal stuff. Um, We adopted all four of our boys and one of them had um, reactive attachment disorder and had gone through several years. We'd all gone through several years of of all the counseling, all the work, et cetera. And at one point in um, 2012, we were just like, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could just like 
get away on a vacation. And so we actually, and we were heavy in real estate at the time, we actually bought a motorhome and sold all of our stuff and our house and everything and traveled the country for a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was literally a life situation that switched us. So we were there. And at the time I was like, I do not want to be a, a, I I don't want to work with agents anymore. As far as being a broker, Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. being a, my brother-in-law was the actual, the broker. I was the trainer, the recruiter, things like that. It's sure. like, I don't want to work with him anymore. I want to stay on the road. So I used that time to really like, what can I do? What do I have? What's my knowledge? What's my, what can I teach people? What are people asking me about? What I could talk, what can I talk about for more than 30 minutes mm-hmm. without stopping? Um, and so we were on the road and that's where I discovered the initial, okay, I'm going to do this, which was to help real estate agents. Um, use social media. Mm-hmm. And that was the catalyst to that. And then of course, switching from leads and leverage to this was, I was really tired of, you find things you like and didn't like. I was tired of trying to convince agents that they needed what I had. I'm not going to convince anybody anymore. Right. You need it or you don't. You know you need it or you don't. So it's a, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm chuckling because people are, often ask me, you know, how, how do you, how do you get clients? How do you sell clients? How do you get them to close? And there's all these things out there that's like, how do you get them to work with you? And what do you do? What's the strategy? I'm like, you know what? Honestly, either we meet and they want to work with me and or they don't. And that's okay. It doesn't matter. Either way, we had a great cup of coffee, a cool conversation and got to know somebody. You know, I mean, it's like it's less is more. It's not the push. It's the the in conjunction with walking Girl, I am coming from the world of always be closing, like from real estate, it's all that always be closing crap. And I'm like, no, I did over 4,000 transactions and I never had to ABC anything. So not going to happen. I mean, like, so I get cocky like that because it just irritates me with that whole good old, and I I love, I love, I love men. This is not a dig on men. When I say good old boys club is, I mean, the way it's always been done Um, because there's a whole lot of women in that realm too. So yes, I refer to it as a masculine model. Yeah, but but and women are buying into it. And they like, are. It's boiler room. I mean, the movie Boiler Room is that's what it is, and it's like that's not the way. Um, that's I hate that. So I, I'm kind of a people want it or they don't, but you have to be able to communicate it. You do. So that's the big thing. That is a must. If you're not able to communicate it, you won't. I mean, if you don't tell anybody in the time that you sit and have a cup of coffee together, what it is yeah. that you do and the problem you can solve when they actually want to know it, if you can't come across with that, you you don't get, you, you don't have that client. I mean, it's not a client for you, but that's also a learning process because those yeah. that do that and every single one of us will have done that at some point in time where we missed a mark. And it's okay. But if we just reflect and we catch that and we move on with that, then, then okay, move on and learn, but use as a learning opportunity then. So you miss that one. It's okay. How can you check it forward? Yeah. I still have that element of next in me. Okay. Next. I mean, that's, that's there. It has to be, you cannot lament what you've lost. No, you you just can't. You can't No, because that's what, then you're just wasting time on top of what you lost. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then you're actually, you're hurting your confidence. You're demeaning your mindset. And like, you're just, it's all bad. Just get rid of it. And imposter syndrome comes in and says, yeah, what are you doing? That's right. That's right. That's right. And then you don't do anything. Um, and then nothing happens. And then you blame it because, Oh, nobody likes what I have. And so you go binge Netflix for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, this whole, it's just, you have to just have this process to, 
move on. You do. Otherwise you're going to catch yourself in a very downward spiral. That's good. You, you, you will come out of it, but you're going to kick yourself for spending the extra time that wasn't necessary. Yeah. I've just, I've just <laughs> gone through that. Yes. So, and yes, you do. And uh, believe me, it still happens. So I, I say this, True. What you shouldn't do because you know, I've been there and I've done that. And I just recently did it knowing I shouldn't do it. <laughs> So what do you call, what do you call that then? <laughs> yeah, one hopes that the recovery is faster each time. Like that's the you know, Brenda Burchard always says it's not it's not whether you fall down, it's how fast you get back up. So the goal is with practice, you should get back up faster. Sometimes you're down there and you're just like, I know I'm down here. I just need a moment, please hold. <laughs> Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, that's it. Is like that. So it's 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 also knowing too. It helps. Like for me, it's surrounding myself with that um, that motivation. You know, listening to the right podcasts, turning off Netflix. Yes, um, not watching anything. Listening to YouTube shows that that are you know, even if it's like I don't want to listen to anything about work, but I'll listen to this person talk about success or something or whatever. Right. It's just something positive that's not about sucking you in and keeping you there so you don't do anything else. Right. That's a big, huge place Massive to place. start and be and keep. If you know you are the, the sum of the five people that mm-hmm. you're surrounded with, well, then surround you. If you're around negative people, then you need YouTube and iTunes. It, like Yes. You find those people. <laughs> find the balance. Find the balance because you don't have to have them physically in person there. You can find that balance that you're listening to somewhere else. Absolutely. You know, the other thought of this too is that, you know, a lot of people, when, when you deal with imposter syndrome and you, or you deal with this stuff or you deal with the mindset that successful people don't have these struggles too, um, you just basically said out of 7 billion people on the planet, you're the only one that deals with any of this. So there's, there's a narcissism about it. You don't even realize that it's a narcissism, but there is a narcissism about it. I'm like, hello, out of 7 billion people, nobody else deals with this. Um, And so listening to those people and hearing what they're doing and struggling with and realizing that they have businesses that are, you know, one, 10, 50, a thousand times bigger than yours. And yet they're dealing with the same things Mm -hmm. just at a different level. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's very eye opening and realizing that, oh. I'm normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. I, and this is uh, quite an interesting um, uh, moment in, in talking about entrepreneurs in general, business owners in general. I actually have a client that is high multi seven figure business. She's a, a C-suite executive and um, had the wonderful opportunity to work with her. Uh, but I've had people ask me, what's the difference? And I mm-hmm. said, honestly, it's the same thing across the board. She just got a few extra zeros behind what her business is doing. It's seriously. Now, now I will say so that the listeners understand that her level of being able to work on stuff is faster because she is in a different spot of awareness of it. She knows definitely what she needs. When we talk about the next steps and what needs to be done, she will be right on it and go. She doesn't have some of the mindset issues. She doesn't have some of the, the things that hold her back because she's already worked through those. Yep. That's the, just a different phase in her business. But across the board, the, the similarities are so common. 
It's, yeah, well, yeah, and then where the, where you go, where you end up going into again, like, um, you know, the ceiling. You always hit a ceiling, no matter yes. where you're at. There will be a ceiling that you will feel comfortable at, whether it's how big your business is, how much money you're making, how many people you're speaking in front. It doesn't matter. There will be some sort of ceiling where you start backing down or start doing what people call self sabotage to get you back into your comfort zone. Well, that's all it is. You have a comfort zone in sure. everything you do. And if you don't get yourself, you know, one of the big things that I learned was um, people that I know, they're like, oh, well, um, the successful business owners, they're like, you know, we go do something that, that scares us uh, at least once a year, you know, skydive, whatever it is. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go skydiving. Um, <laughs> said, but they say that they, you need yes. to do that. And I was like, why? And they're like, cause you're training yourself to go outside your comfort zone. I'm like, oh, okay. But I couldn't figure out what that was for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm not going to go skydiving because I'm just plain not interested. I mean, it's fine. I'm just not interested. Right. Um, but I found out what it was for me. I ended up um, auditioning for a show, Mamma Mia, and then getting cast and being in it, et cetera. And I, found, I realized during the process, I'm like, oh, this is my out of my comfort zone. Like it was like this big, huge, this is what it is for me. I mean, it's not, it's not the answer to everything, but in that case, that was my big, get out of your comfort zone, do something different, go do this. Um, so it doesn't have to be um, extreme sports. It, right. You need to get something that scares you and that takes you through that, that mindset process of I'm excited to do it. And then you get into that place where, Oh, I don't want to do this. I can give up. <laughs> and then you do it, which is that just getting to the audition was the big thing. And then of course, getting to the show was another big thing. So there was two big moments in that. So it was like, that was amazing. So now I'm, I'm on the lookout for things that interest me that do that for me. Mm -hmm. that and that was, yeah. Big goals or big accomplishments or something, just, yeah, something, something just new. Like, so this is so huge. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. Okay. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And then, and then you get there and you're like, wow, I did it. Yeah. Holy I, crap. I was, oh yeah. When I, when I finally got into my audition and I went through the audition, I was so freaking high after that audition. I mean, I, what a rush. I nailed the audition. I was in it. My husband happened to be in it. Cause he's, he was one of the, um, side producers for it. He had no say, but he, he was one of the side producers for it. And I was laughing because I, he was like, like text me. He's like, you nailed it. Like he had been hearing me oh. work with my instructor for several weeks. And I was like, I know. And I was so like, I was high on cloud nine that I crashed the next day. Yep. It was so amazing. And I was like, this is the, it, I know this is what it feels like jumping out of an airplane. So I knew I got the rush. Yes. So I was like, I need to, I need to figure out ways to replicate this because it was, it was a journey. It was a journey. And for someone like my husband who performs all the time, not a big deal. Right. But for me, that was a big deal. Maybe his is skydiving. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. <laughs> so what, what is that? What's the next push for you? What's the next big thing? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I mean, like talking with you about this, I'm like, Ooh, I need to find that. Cause that was, um, I auditioned in December of last year. Mm. So, and then we performed in February. So I'm like, yeah, I need to, and it was, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get a role or not. There was, it was Mamma Mia. So Mamma Mia, you know, when, yep. when it comes and it was a well-known theater, very high quality theater. So like, there were like, like 120 people that auditioned and 40 of us got it, like wow. in the, even in the show. So it was a hard <laughs> It was hard. There's talent everywhere. You know, people are doing it all the time, but it's, 
I don't know. I don't know what that is. I need to find something. It's probably going to be something around health, fitness, something, because um, that's where I'm struggling the most right now. Mm-hmm. So that's where I need to have it. <laughs> You're going to have to find something big. I do for me. That's going to yeah. be something that I enjoy because you have to enjoy it. Like John Acuff always says, you need to enjoy that piece of the journey. You don't have to do it and be hard just to make it hard. You need to enjoy it through the hardness. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. I relate. Um, pushing myself next year. I'm just going to, I'm going to be transparent and just say that yes. mine is pushing myself to actual physical stages next year. Nice. Yeah. That's my big nice. one. And it's scary. And I always say, I'm not afraid to do it. I'm not afraid to do it. And then I get the butterflies and I'm like, I'm not afraid to do it. It's just, this is big to me. You know, it's yeah. like something different. So I'm just throwing it out there. Just yeah, you need being to, transparent. You need because, <laughs> yeah, you need to, because I did one in April and it was, it was another one. It was right after a couple months after. And that, that one had that same effect on me. I don't know why I was so hyped up and energized, but I can, it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But I think it's because I really wanted to perform well for them more than anything else I've ever done in that realm. And so, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. How, how, how has the entrepreneurial journey itself changed you as a person? I, I don't know. I've been doing it all my life. Um, that's a, that's a hard, I don't know how it's changed me, but I do know how I'm different than other people, Mm. um, in perspective, in, in what I think stability is in what I think freedom is in what I think, um, growth is in what I think, you know, just in all those realms, I am, I know I'm different. I have a different thought process. I have a different, um, I, I just, I do everything differently. When somebody says I don't have money for X, Y, Z, my first thought is what can I do or sell or make to make that money? Not that I don't have the money, but what can I do to bring it in? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a bit, I mean, I know that's a shift. It's, it's not, that's, that's a hard one because I've been, I've had it all along. So I don't know what it shifted for me. I do know, I can say this aspect shifting from one type of business into a completely other type of business from a bricks and mortar as a real estate agent um, with a brokerage into something online and hearing people say it's like printing money. And then and I know that sounds kind of crass, but, but then being able to scale differently than you ever could before, that was a big shift. That was a huge eye-opener um, for me that I went, oh, I can reach more people. Mm-hmm. I can get into more people's brains and help them and do it. And I know shifting from working with agents on Facebook to this and having like just mentioning something and having a whole bunch of people going, I want in, I want in, I want in with nothing like a video. I literally did a live stream and all these people were like, I want in. I was like, okay, I have to close the doors because this is nothing's created yet. And this was a few months ago. It scared me. It scared me because I realized how powerful the message that I have and the result that I can give them can be. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a shift that it, it took I, I regressed a couple weeks because that was scary to me. And we all want big or we all want something better. But when you're faced with the reality of this is how you have to show up to be that and you really understand the reality and you really understand the impact you can make, 
it's um sobering. Mm-hmm. It's sobering. it is, and it shows you where you've come from, and how far it, you've gone. Yes, and how far you have to go. It, yeah, <laughs> that too. Because there's always that journey. But yes, <laughs> it is a lifelong journey of learning and changing and evolving and growing and all the things that actually make us super awesome dynamic humans. And it's it's a gift. Yeah, it really is. It is. Everybody has something to say. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something to speak into someone else. The key is finding those people that you want to right. speak into and who want to hear you and want to, well, I need to hear you. It's not just need, but who, who want to hear you and who want that, that message so that they can journey also. That, that's a big such a big piece of it. It's all, it's all of it. It's, it's there's the, so much. the whole package, right? <laughs> We're trying to yes. get down into 40 minutes, right? <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Christina, where can the listeners find you, connect with you, see what you do, follow up with you, whatever, how can they find you? Um, you know, again, I'm launching the new business. So it's basically, if you want to go to leadsandleverage.com slash email challenge. That will get you in. I do a three-day email open rate challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts. You get into, you know, you get into the challenge, you get into my email community where I'm going to email you. <laughs> well, <duh. laughs> yeah, there. But then you can join the Facebook group and get to know me. So um, what's the name of the Facebook the group? Thing. It's, it's through the email challenge. Link. It is through it. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And that's, that's one thing I really want when I'm working with people, one of the messages underlying secret little messages that I'm trying to teach people is that you don't have to sell if you're able to serve. So if you can serve people and show them the value that you bring, you don't have to say it. I mean, you do have to say it to some point, but that's not the focus. And that's like, that's a super underlying piece, but that's whole part of that not always be closing mindset. It's, you know, serve versus selling. Serving is selling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming on today. This has been quite a fun conversation. I love conversations with you. Like <laughs> they're energizing. I like them. Ah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. We don't have time. I mean, we could be down on ourselves all day long and we can have blah conversations, yeah. but you know what? In this journey, we need to have the uplifting ones, the good ones, the, the ones where we're real and raw and moving somewhere. Yeah. As long as we're putting even just shuffling one foot forward. If it's not even a full pick up the foot and go forward or two steps, just shuffle something, you know, just move somewhere. Just don't be in the same spot tomorrow that you're in today. And guess what? It's a big world. Yep. And there will always be people that you think are moving faster than you. Stop looking at them. That's right. Because you're not seeing the times that they're barely moving at all. And you're blazing past them too. That comparisonitis has got to go. Got to go. So, but thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Guys, definitely check out the show notes because we're going to link her challenge in there. And email is king. We all know that still. And um, I think the queen is the open rates, right? So (laughs) let's make sure that we get to know what that looks like, but also reach out and have a conversation with Christine and be able to have the dialogue to move your business forward in the direction that you need to go. As always, keep moving forward.
Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedovegannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.